it's Christmas Eve. You obviously know that. And tomorrow, of course, is Christmas Day. And here's, here's kind of what happens on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. There are many families that will have their uh, Christmas Eve gathering with their families tonight. And there are many other families that will do that on Christmas Day. And then, of course, I remember many years when we lived so far from our families, we maybe couldn't be with them on the day, but we would certainly see them during the Christmas time. But as families gather, whether it be tonight or whether it be tomorrow, there will be some families, many families really, that will have some kind of what you would call a little Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, just worship service in the family. Now, you know, I'm going to share tonight about our family at that point, and, and I have a point where I'm going with this, but we were married in August of 1964. That means that uh, we've been married uh, 59 years. And so we were married in August, and then Christmas came, and I never shall forget, uh, Dottie said on Christmas Eve, now there we were really kind of like newlyweds, she said, now we need to have our uh, family Christmas program. Now, I grew up going to church all my life, but my family was not as devout as Dottie's family was about a lot of things. Uh, now, I, in no way am I putting my family down. I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever the church went on. But her family was at a different level. It was her family that taught her, for example, to tithe. I, my family never taught me to tithe. My wife taught me to tithe. But here I was, a, a, a new husband. My wife says, we need to have a Christmas program. And I responded, well, what do we do? And she did, as she often does, she took complete charge at that point. And we had our little Christmas program, the two of us. Now, every year, all these years, we've continued on Christmas Eve in our family. When it was just the two of us, we had our little Christmas program. Now, as the years have come, of course, John was born, so now our family of two became three, and then, then Joel was born, so now we're a family of four, and we're still having our Christmas Eve service in our home, and you know, over the years, it's kind of grown, and, and then, of course, here, come, here comes Charlie Joe, and, and here comes Jody, and then Charlie Joe, and then Joel Jr., and so our family now has grown to be a family of seven. And the program has kind of grown with it. Now, this is what we call our Christmas Eve program box. If you come into our home, in our living room, and look under the coffee table, 12 months a year, this box is slid under the coffee table. It stays there all the time. And tonight, as we've done all these years, we, we will we'll have our program. Now, it's interesting, this program uh, it too has rather evolved. In fact, what happens tonight is Joel, our son, and Joel, our grandson, they ring a bell to start the program. Oh, first we eat. We eat. Yeah, that's why they all come. We eat tonight. But then after we do that, the Joel and Joel Jr. rings these bells to get our program started. Now, the interesting thing about this program, it's out of control. It was really in good shape for a long time. Dottie continued to add things to it. And I thought you can't see it from there, but you can see I'm holding an eight and a half, 11 sheet of paper. This is our order of worship. So if you think John goes long, you ought to be in this thing tonight. This, this you know, we'll, we'll end up around midnight tonight. And here it is. It, it tells what everybody does. And like 
I won't name names, but some of us in the family have been trying to shorten this program. It's just completely out of control. But I'm not going to name names. Others in the family keep adding to this program. And last year, it was already bad enough, they added the song, 12 Days of Christmas. That's right. And uh, they, we, we'll sing it tonight, and I have my little part. I think I'm number three or four, I forget, but it's on the chart. All I've got to do is read the order of worship. And here we go in our program. Now, you know, and everybody has a folder, and in this folder is all of our stuff. And you listen to this and say, well, we're just glad we didn't get into your family. This is just more, this is just more religion than we can take. Well, be that as it may, it may be that whether it be tonight, or tomorrow, you may be gathered with the family and you're eating and you're exchanging gifts and doing all these things. We do all that. But someone might decide, maybe they were raised kind of like Dottie. We ought to do something here besides eat and give gifts. We ought to do something about God. And somebody might have the idea where you would be. Why, why doesn't, why don't, why don't we read the Christmas story? And let me ask you this question. If you're in the gathering tonight or tomorrow and someone said, just out of the clear blue, looked at you and said, why don't you read in the Bible the Christmas story and we'll have a prayer and they handed you the Bible? Here's the question. Would you know where to turn to read the Christmas story? Or would you grab your phone and go to Google? And say, where is the Christmas story? Well, I, I think you all would know where to turn. In the Gospel of Luke would be the best place to turn. Now, in Matthew, there is, there is a record of some things about the Christmas story. But it's in Luke, in chapters 1 and 2, that we read the most about the Christmas story. I'm going to read a little of it. John read some this morning. But, you know, this is, I encourage you tonight not to necessarily get a box and do all this stuff we do. And remember, our stuff evolved over 59 years. This wasn't a quick fix deal. But I really think somewhere, every family as they gather and enjoy being together with one another and give gifts and have meal and all that, there just really needs to be some focus on what it is we're celebrating. Can I have an amen to that? Somebody at least needs to read the Christmas story and Family bow together and thank God for the birth of Jesus Christ. It says in, in, in Luke chapter 1, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then, now listen to this, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive. She's not yet conceived. The angel said, you will conceive. In your womb, bring forth a son, she'll call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, Mary heard that. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her to be barren. Now here's what the angel said. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then over in chapter number two, the story goes on. In chapter number two, it says, It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governed in Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with a child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. How many times have we heard that story over and over? Now, the, the point of the whole thought tonight is, is that angels were always with Jesus. Angels were with Jesus all the way. This entire month, in every sermon that has been preached here, we have focused on the role that angels had in the life all of his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and one day his return. In every event in the life of Christ, angels are main characters. When we hear the Christmas story, it's always Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the shepherds. They're all main people. But angels are main characters in the Christmas stories. They were with Jesus all the way. You know, as I thought about that, I thought, well, for example, when you just read all the gospel story, the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would be the mother of Jesus. So the angel Gabriel made the announcement. The angel Gabriel told Joseph, not the angel Gabriel, just an angel told Joseph that his wife-to-be would be pregnant and was, and that she would give birth to the Son of God. But it was an angel that did that. And then it, the shepherds, it was the angels that announced to the shepherds. See, everything that took place, angels were involved. It was an angel that ministered to Jesus when he was tempted by the devil. We read that in Matthew chapter 4. Three times Satan tempted Jesus. And at the end of all those temptations, the Bible says that an angel came and ministered to Jesus. It was an angel in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus went to pray on that last night before his crucifixion the next day. And after all the agony of that, it's an interesting thing. The Bible says that an angel in the Garden of Gethsemane appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. So here again, every little event in the life of Christ. And then, of course, you know the tomb. Christ was in the tomb. But the Bible tells us that an angel came and rolled the stone back from the open door of that tomb. And then 
after the resurrection and after those days, Jesus remained and it was time to go back to heaven. The Bible tells us that as Jesus ascended up into heaven, that two men, two angels appeared in the form of men. And they said to the disciples as they looked at Jesus go up, they said, as you've seen Jesus go up, likewise, one day he's going to return again. And so what I'm saying to you, if you just want to think about a panoramic view of the pre-birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, <laughs> the struggles of Jesus, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, the ascension, at every one of those points, it was angels. Angels are real. Angels are real. And in a way today, I've not seen angels, but I've just felt the angels hovering about in blessing as we are going through this day. But then, perhaps the best of all is that when Jesus comes again, the Bible says something very, very interesting. The Bible says all the holy angels will come with Jesus. So when Jesus returns, all of the angels in heaven will be returning with him. And if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, while the angels are following Jesus, you and I will be in company with the angels themselves. It's going to be a glorious, glorious day. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, that is how all that takes place. Now, all that said, all of this started in Bethlehem at the birth of Jesus, which is what we celebrate tomorrow. On Christmas Eve, we look forward to Christmas Day where we celebrate the actual birth of Jesus. And then as we do that, I want to encourage you to remember why Jesus was born. The Bible tells us that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. Tonight, we've witnessed with our eyes people who've placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Most all of you, I pray if not all of you, there's been that time in your life where you've put your faith and trust in Jesus. And one day when he returns and all the angels return with him, you too will be right in that company. It's going to be a blessed, blessed day. And the way he did it, the way Jesus did it, it's by his blood. And in a moment, we're going to be taking these little cups and we're going to be remembering the broken body and we're going to be remembering the shed blood. And I would encourage you tonight, if you'd like, you might, when you leave, take the little uh, container with you and you might want to put it somewhere as a little memento somewhere in your house as a reminder of, of, of your worship experience on this day and in this year at this church. It's a blessed, blessed thing. You know, some of us have been Christians so long you're not careful, it's like anything else. When you've been something a long time or you've had something a long time, if you're not careful, the excitement's not the same as it was when it started. It shouldn't be that way. I had the most interesting thing today. Well, the whole day's been interesting. Seeing all the people today worshiping and all what God did today and listening to John's sermon this morning, I just thought, you just can't get any better than this. And so after church, uh, we, Dottie and I were together today with one service and, and we got in the car and she came up with such a spiritual idea. She said, I think we ought to get a Starbucks. I said, oh, all right. Well, I said, okay, I ordered it. 
where I wouldn't have to wait when I get there. The most interesting thing happened. When, when, I, when I got over to Starbucks and parked and I got out and started walking to the door, I had to wait for cars that were coming between me and the Starbucks building for them to come by. And this one car pulled right in front of me and stopped. And the window on the shotgun side of the front, uh, the window came down. And there was a little boy sitting there and his mother was driving the car. And she said to me, Pastor, today he became a Christian. And, here, and, 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 and the little boy's name was Bryce Gordon. And about that time, he held up a little booklet that we give boys and girls. It's a little workbook when they become a Christian. He held it up. He had a smile as big as one can be. I thought, you know what? And I said to him, I said, I'm so proud of you. I said, you know, I became a Christian when I'm about, was, I was about the same age you are right now. And then they drove on. And I've thought about this afternoon, about that. I do remember when I became a Christian, how excited I was. I remember when I went to be baptized, how excited I was. I want to just, I want to ask God tonight, and I'm in a prayer before we uh, proceed on here. I, I want to ask God, if you've lost some of that excitement, or if you don't have it, now if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, you won't ever have it. You may have positive thinking, but you won't have the peace of God. But maybe tonight you've been a Christian as long as I have or longer. Or maybe somewhere along the way. But you say, you know what? That, that excitement that little eight-year-old boy had today, I don't quite have that anymore. The world and things and people can take that from you. But Jesus and the Holy Spirit can put it back in. Could I have an amen to that? So I want you to bow with me tonight. Jesus died, shed his blood to pay for your sin debt and for mine. Because of that, one day when we die physically, we'll leave these bodies and we will go to heaven and we'll be there until that blessed day when the Lord returns and all of heaven's angels return with him. And then you and I can be in that company. Now, if that doesn't bring excitement to you, there's something not right. I want you to ask God tonight to restore the joy of the Lord beyond anything you've ever known in your whole life. That's the prayer. And Father, I pray that tonight. I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. I thank you, God, for some of us as a little boy, for others a little girl, or maybe an older boy or man, woman, whatever. But God, we all become Christians the very same way by believing and trusting in the shed blood of Jesus. And God, there's a joy to that. And I pray that joy shall never leave us is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.